Welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast, the official podcast of Unstoppable Domains. Join us each week to hear from leading experts in the exciting new fields of blockchain, cryptocurrency, and the decentralized web, where we talk about the future of the internet and what that means for humans like us. Not only will this podcast help you sound super smart around your friends, but you'll also learn how you can become a pioneer in this space and help lead the charge toward a more decentralized web. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Unstoppable Podcast. I'm your host, Diana Chen, and I'm here today with our guest, Hamza Khan. He's the head of DeFi at Polygon, formerly Matic. Most of you, I'm sure, have at least heard of Polygon if you're not deeply familiar with what it is. But for those of you new to it, it's a protocol and a framework uh, for scaling on the blockchain. I mean, that's a, a way oversimplified description of it. So I'm excited to have Hamza here to talk a lot more about what Polygon is. Uh, So welcome, Hamza. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks, Diana. Thanks for having me. And thanks for, I think someone recommended me to come on the podcast. I remember. I put out a tweet saying like, who do you guys want to hear on the podcast? And I think multiple people tagged you actually. So uh, I reached out and I'm really glad you're here. Before we dive into Polygon, I'd love to know a little bit more about your background and how you got into crypto. So take us all the way back to when you first heard about crypto. What was it that drew you in and how did you start learning about it? Yeah, I think 2017, I think that was pretty much uh, most of the people, at least at least right now, how they got into crypto. I think 2017 was the time period. July, I think I was in Dubai for some with some family. I was in college at that time, but I was uh, in Dubai during my summer vacation and got to know about Bitcoin. Then I think Bitcoin was, I remember, $5,000 uh, during July 2017. I think this ICO bubble has just started. It was just getting started. Bitcoin white paper I read. I read uh, these double spend problems consensus uh, nakamoto consensus and these these uh, byzantine general problem these sort of things and it just struck me i mean it would be oversimplifying by saying it struck me but it was very a new way of solving a economic as well as a technical problem someone said that during that time that uh, nakamoto i mean satoshi nakamoto should be rewarded a nobel prize in economics and then a computer science problem which is the turing award and then it clicked me, oh, really? Is it that big? And then I started looking more into into Bitcoin and then into then, of course, Ethereum. And yeah, I think that was that got me hooked into like 2017. I think that was. Gotcha. And so in 2017, there weren't nearly as many resources as there are today for, for learning. So how did you like go about figuring out, you know, wrapping your head around what this is? Because I think most people when they're first when they first have exposure to the Bitcoin white paper, it's just a bunch of words that make no sense and it's sort of hard to wrap your mind around. So like, how, how did you go about like teaching yourself back in 2017? I think like random articles, random blog, technical, technical articles uh, from, I don't remember, but I think I, I, one particular thing I remember was reading the Bitcoin book, Mastering Bitcoin, I remember it was, Mastering Bitcoin. And then bunch of Andreas Antonopoulos videos, like everyone <laughs> watches, everyone starts getting into that uh, I think, yeah, that was pretty much, but I read the white paper. I was, huh, I was going through the subreddits, Bitcoin subreddits a lot. I read the paper multiple times. I was going through those initial discussions of Satoshi with the forums, right? There was, there was this initial discussion that were happening with people. Uh, once the article came out, he was explaining what it is and why it is important and in the, in the forums. 
I remember that I was reading it multiple times. I think yeah, I I read those references a lot of times. I remember like in the white paper you end you had references right, hash cash, other other projects that were inspirations of Bitcoin. I think yeah, those things were were pretty cool. But I don't exactly remember where where everything happened. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, for sure. It, it sounds like for people who got in earlier on, Reddit was a good source of information. But I think today it's changed a little bit. Now Reddit has become like crazy a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how did you go from there getting that first exposure to crypto to now being you know the chief DeFi officer at uh, Polygon? <laughs> it happened serendipitously. Like I was doing. After that, I lost touch. Uh, like with some stupid people like me who lost touch after the after the crash happened. After that, I left for almost one and a half year. Was not following things, which was retrospectively not probably the worst decision anyone could make uh, during that time. But yeah, I was part of hackathons during two thousand twenty. Once uh, during summer of two thousand twenty, and then I think uh, Matic. I was part of some hackathons. and uh, matic was hiring back then i was building some stuff i come from a technical background so my background is is engineering mechanical and computer engineering so i taken to both courses in college so yeah uh, i was building some stuff while having a day job and yeah i think matic was hiring uh, i just spoke with sandeep and the team there and uh, and yeah they needed someone so i was doing some stuff of my own like like of course everyone starts with trading everyone starts with but i was experience more i was experiencing these projects like uniswap synthetics way compound I was like playing around with them understanding what chainlink is i mean these these educational sort of thing other than of course trading shitcoins that is different thing but yeah more of an educational thing and i think matic just happened at that time and uh, early january it started as like 10 team i remember 10% team the business development team and now i think we are more than 15 in the business development team so It's been one one hell of a ride. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, walk us through the genesis story of Matic. I know you weren't, you know, there from the very beginning, but as far as you understand, you know, the story of how it was started. What was Matic initially when it was first created, and then how has it developed as it's transitioned from Matic to Polygon and where it is today? I honestly heard first about Matic when back I was in college because. I started from India, and uh, Matic again is an Indian company, and that was the only company that was Indian at that 2017 time when you know IOTA, EOS, these sort of projects were you know taking the hype. But uh, I vividly remember Matic was the only Indian project apart from a couple of exchanges that were there. So of course they were in they were a big inspiration to be a part of this industry at that. I think pretty much all of the Indians that are there in this space, Matic probably is the biggest inspiration. even probably bigger than ethereum i would i would honestly say bigger than ethereum because it just gave us a thing that okay it could be done but yeah other than that uh, so yeah i think matic started off as as a plasma research project i mean the founders were part of the plasma research team i think jd was one of the was one of the contributors initial contributors to the github and, and those open source project and sandeep was involved in other consulting things which which uh, which then came together to start a project a scaling solution basically a scaling blockchain and during that time uh, people who were there crypto kitties happened uh, which was the first use case of uh, not first but probably one of the first mainstream use cases of ethereum blockchain with games nfts and those sort of things so the spike happened the scaling problems were coming up and I, during that time lot of plasma solutions came up 
and matting was one of them but slowly we uh, we realized that okay mat plasma is not the uh, i don't remember when i think but sandeep was mentioning during devcon osaka sometime they realized that okay plasma is not going to scale due to lot of still problems seven day withdrawal the seven day withdrawal was one it i mean you could technically build something but it but when you re- talk about adoption when you talk about you know scaling things actually and by scaling i mean not just eps and not just gas fees becoming low but actually user experience scaling up it was just not there with plasma it was not 100% evm compatible which means you have to turn you have to ship a lot of different things uh, internally pretty much similar to what uh, optimistic rollups are today at least in my opinion because at least they don't, they have the seven day withdrawal period right now again which is a problem this this was similar things were happening with plasma then we moved to a pos chain that is today pos commit chain uh, where our architecture is a little different than from uh, the normal side chains like probably xdai we are uh, a different uh, different architecture uh, 2020 came where we saw optimistic rollups coming then we saw polka dot coming which is which is like an sdk not exactly an sdk but yeah you can build your own own chains and stuff like that then we saw zk rollups and i think we went heavy we are heavily invested in uh, in uh, zk rollups of course you must have seen the acquisition and some other that is just one of the acquisition there are multiple things coming up uh, collaborations i think uh, hermes was one then uh, ey we are doing very interesting thing with ernst and young uh, recently the nightfall project they will be working closely with polygon with polygon as one of the scaling solutions that is one thing then we have other uh, solutions in the in the plonks space which is another zk side and then stark space these three four things uh, are interesting and now with the sdk that we have launched you know people can build people can build their own chains spawned off from the main network uh, so one of the teams is actually building is actually live on testnet with their own chain so it's a prediction platform called sportex it's a it's a pretty good canada based project and uh, they wanted to scale beyond just the main chain the whole chain will be secured by their sx token which is a pretty cool thing uh, similar to it's evm compatible so you don't have to worry too much about uh, porting codes and what not uh, but yeah it's a pretty interesting thing i think gaming and nfts uh, will be very important on sdk so yeah got it and so for people who don't know what sdk is can you explain what what that is so sdk basically is, is a toolbox of you know creating your own chain uh you can uh, spawn off like something like polka dot how does polka dot substrates work for people aware so you can build your own chain application specific chains basically something like compound cash is doing something like uh, polka dot substrates but it is evm compatible it is solidity and evm compatible so you don't have to worry about those things about you know writing in a rust language or whatever and you can use matic or you could use your own token for uh, staking it you can use your security by uh, having a sx token or whichever token you have or you could have the matic token which shares the security of the pos network and then for uh, non technical people listening the benefit or why you would want to uh, basically like create your own chain that's evm compatible is because 
what's happening right now with gas fees and why everything is so expensive for people to conduct a simple transaction is because it's getting over congested and there's essentially a traffic jam on Ethereum. And so by creating your own chain, you can reduce that traffic jam and just create a new chain that, you know, ha- has no congestion. And so that's how you keep the gas fees low. Not just Ethereum. So even on Polygon, so for example, so the end goal for blockchains is that, especially on blockchains, gaming, or or these nuanced projects like prediction markets so it should be a seamless web3 experience like people should not know that it is a web3 experience like at least users you know there should be no gas there should be instant instant finality of transactions there should be less lag these sort of things uh, should not be there and for very consumer focused applications like prediction markets like polymarket does like games which require um, you know better finality for of transactions to happen uh, for nft drops where you know certain gas spikes can take the whole network down like has been happening on ethereum has been happening on bsc uh, we saw some instances happen on polygon as well so we 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 quickly realized that okay for good like long term projects it definitely makes sense to have your own chain like we saw with axie infinity right it's a perfect example uh, ronin is a perfect example to build your own chain and have your own uh, because because the problem there is that you know uh, these these gaming games they don't really require that level of security or that level of composability that a defi application needs or uh, yeah basically a defi application a compound is a very different application than an x infinity although they might have uh, you know even if they have same number of users and what not but the level of security is different so we are working very closely with some web2 gaming studios uh, who will be building their own chains and uh, creating a web3 experience but very seamless with meta transactions that you don't the user doesn't even have to pay gas like you you just sign in with your metamask wallet that's it so basically like if you were building netflix on ethereum uh, on blockchain or you're building next fortnite on blockchain you can't ask user to pay you know 2 dollars of gas that won't happen that just won't happen they will you will not get adoption uh, with that so that is the goal uh, with sdk to be able to these uh, to get these web2 players to abstract away that complexity of gas and these things for their users uh, but to have scalability while being on the blockchain yeah, one point of confusion I think that I've heard a lot of people ask recently is now that ETH2 has launched, does that solve the problems that we're facing with scaling? And do we still need these layer two solutions and SDKs now that ETH2 is live? Can you talk a little bit more about that and like what ETH2 is and what it actually does? And then what these like your scaling solution, for instance, does? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I don't know why people are saying ETH2 has launched. So ETH2 is like a phase, right? Like there is there is the merge, uh, there is first 1559, then there is the merge, then there are there is rollups, then there is sharding, then there is cross rollup sharding. So it's not like a it's like ETH2 happened. Like it won't. It's not like it's not like that. Like it's we we are securing two hundred billion dollars of assets, probably more. Now it has to be a series of ways. And uh, even on even on ETH2 rollup, sorry, ETH2 roadmap, in the Vitalik's blog, you can read clearly that okay, rollups will play a major role in that, and rollups will play a major role, and hence zk rollups come into the picture, and that is how we have, uh, you know, prepared ourselves for the for the next phase, which ETH2.0, once you know it is live, which probably won't be happening until Q2, 2022. 
क्यू वन क्यू टू ट्वेंटी ट्वेंटी टू दोज डिफिकल्ट फॉर दोज टू बिकम इन प्रॉड स्पेशली इन प्रॉड एंड दिस इज वेयर रोलअप्स ऑप्टोमिस्टिक जी के कमेंट टू द पिक्चर यू वेर यू कुड रीड दिस रिसेंट ब्लॉ नॉट ब्लॉग दिस आर्टिकल इन द ईथ रिसर्च थिंग अबाउट क्रॉस रोलअप एन एफ टीज हैपनिंग बिकॉज द इथीरियम मेन चेन इज गेटिंग सो कंजेस्टेड अगेन विद दी एन एफ टीज दैट आर हैपनिंग सो विटालिक रिसेंटली रोट आउट अ ब्लॉग अबाउट हाउ क्रॉस रोलअप एन एफ टीज कैन हैपन एंड एन एफ टीज कैन बी नेटिवली मेंटेड ऑन दैम ऑन द रोलअप्स बट हैविंग द सेम सिक्योरिटी एज इथीरियम एंड and uh, we uh, like the hermes team the polygon hermes team was actively a um, part of that i think zk sync was part of that so if you look at layer 2s in general ethereum can only scale with layer 2s as well as 2.0 it is not possible without uh, because we have found product market fit it will be very difficult uh, now to you know just be indiscreet yeah and then one question i have always had about L2s and I, I'm, I've asked a lot of people this and haven't gotten really a very clear answer on that is when I think about L2s, it seems like we're going to face the same problems with L2s that we're facing with the L1 at some point in the future, right? So, so L2s are not a permanent solution. Does this mean we're just going to keep building, you know, L3s, L4s? Like, is there a permanent solution to this or is it just, you know, a, a constant battle to keep building additional layers on top of the layer one in our in our paper about data availability i think if if anyone wants to read check it out it's a i mean not shilling anything but it's a really good uh, perspective that even i did not have uh, before these things were happening is that uh, your main chain does uh, three things is of course security is your data availability and you are of course computation whatever whatever computation happens now with layer 2s the current flavor of layer 2s you are offloading your uh, computation so you are putting it on a side chain even with rollups like that's essentially a side chain that you are doing the computation but then rolling up onto ethereum via different proofs either game theoretic or zero knowledge now what happens is they will face that uh, gas will go up because uh, because like even if even today single digit it's single digit right on arbitrum and optimism to do and by virtue of that lot of things can't be built like nfts can't be built games can't be built on with that uh, with that level of gas this something called data availability uh, which ethereum network main chain does and data availability means that you are in sync with so there is one layer that is in sync with your ethereum network and your side chain whichever it is your roll up side chain whatever that side chain is you have to be in sync with that main chain as well as the rollup to keep data available for both and this data availability layer is secured by matic for example or whichever token whichever these rollups come with the token uh, so that is uh, secured via that token now this data availability now you are fighting less for get less uh, heavily with main chain like so every transaction that you do on main, on side chain will be rolled up and put on to main chain correct and because ethereum has this fixed state size there will definitely be more intensive gas wars coming when these ethereum main chain gas goes up as well as the roll up gas goes up because in turn you are fighting for that space when optimism and zk and all of these things go live so there has to be this layer uh, of uh, data availability that reduces uh, burden on the main chain you just have to commit it and 
they have to just put it on the main chain and uh, you don't have to wait for approval the data availability does that for you the middle layer of data availability does that for you i know it might not be sounding that intuitive but i think the white paper does a better job than i'm doing right now but yeah the goal of this data availability layers solution that we are building one we it's already live um, we are speaking with all of the rollup teams uh, to be in working closely with them for this because we definitely think that it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when like you said these rollups will definitely uh, see gas problems coming see see scaling problems coming if they hit you know 1 million users for example like how we did and it's just a matter of when definitely i agree another question that i've heard a lot of people ask about you know polygon and about just like l2 solutions in general is the question about security are l2s as secure as the l1s and you know like how does polygon think about that no l2s are not as secure as l1 of course I mean, no matter what people say on Twitter, no, it's not because it's very early. Uh, it's very early in the development uh, phase. They come in with a lot of assumptions. They come in with a lot of caveats. Uh, the current flavor of rollups, uh, optimistic rollups, are pretty centralized in a sense that uh, there is only one sequencer. Uh, there is uh, which theoretically could do a lot of malicious things, but. I mean, it's still early, so I mean, these teams are public and well reputed. But theoretically speaking, yes, uh, there's a lot of centralized centralization in these rollups, as well as uh, I mean, Polygon, uh, the POS chain. Uh, we do have hundred validators. We are rolling out a governance, uh, a time lock governance, very soon in the next one week. Uh, by twenty fifth or twenty fourth, we should be have we should be live with some things uh, that we are putting a time lock on uh, the multi sig bridge. Uh, so essentially, anyone who so let's say you are not you are you don't want certain project to deploy or whatever like you don't uh, see fit you can remove your funds and uh, or any update that we do on the bridge upgradable contracts are there but if you if you don't like the upgrades uh, with whatever for whatever reason you can remove your funds within two days uh, from the bridge so those things are happening this is more of a of a security thing but decentralization i think uh, yeah the current flavor of rollups are certainly not as decentralized as uh, as it no way as decentralized as ethereum but uh, yes over time of course uh, we'll definitely see it uh, tends toward that you mentioned earlier the matic token that's something i wanted to ask you about as well is how does the matic token work I'd love to hear about like the tokenomics. Is it pretty similar to Ethereum or is it different in some way? I mean, Ethereum, it's not it's not infinite supply. Uh, firstly, if, if you say that it's like Ethereum, so it's not infinite supply. Although we do burn uh, Matic with the 1559 uh, proposal recently. Uh, so we are burning to be in sync with all the Ethereum tooling that will be coming out. We are burning uh, Matic every day now to be in sync with 1559. Uh, but tokenomics, I think, uh, uh, are pretty straightforward. Uh, it's mostly for the community. It's mostly for the community. We raised small amount back with Binance and Coinbase in 2019. A very small amount, I think less than $1 million. And I think that's pretty much the raise that we have done. Uh, other than little strategic advice, advisory with uh, with the Ethereum Foundation people and, uh, and Mark Cuban and these people. But yeah, other than that, it's pretty much community. 
of course the matic token is a is a yield generating token so basically it's a pos token where you can stake it on the ethereum uh, sorry on the on the pos chain so so how it works is we have our contract we have our validators 100 validators on ethereum so you can stake matic on ethereum on the pos chain uh, to generate i think 14% is now the now the price uh, now the apy and of course it's used as gas on on the polygon chain so and also it will be used as the collateral for the hermes rollups so matic will be used as the collateral to build your own validator on the hermes network oh, okay gotcha gotcha so i want to talk more about like some of the practical sides of it so a lot of projects have already built on polygon a lot of big projects can you talk about like some of the projects that you're most excited to see build on polygon and the impact that you've seen those businesses or those projects have so far yeah for sure so definitely i think uh, when we started the idea was to bootstrap the liquidity and there was this mission call it a meme call it a mission whatever uh, but the idea was to bring defi for all it was very simple and we wanted to work with communities we wanted to work with projects and not just outright fork that we saw some other people do and that is how we were very clear from the beginning that we wanted to work directly with projects like uh, like ave like the building blocks basically like the building blocks like ave compound uh, uh, balancer sushi yeah curve of course curve uh very importantly open sea so we were very very clear that okay we wanted to work with them and not just fork them and put some polynomics around it because it's not just about tvl it's about community it's about use cases it's about new projects that build on top of them uh it's the quality of the projects that build on top of them and that is what we were very clear from the beginning so of course was the first project that uh, that came in with a huge huge network and that i think created a bunch of network effects then uh, curve sushi came in uh, i think these are the legos we were very clear to start off with then of course balancer kyber then lot of bsc projects started moving to polygon with their liquidity uh, so that was very interesting to see i definitely think uh, balancer and ave very important as part of uh, the whole ecosystem because lot of interesting stuff can be built on top of them so you know yield aggregators credit delegation like bunch of flash loans furo combo does that very well uh, with ave then uh, balancer we are speaking very closely some interesting things will be coming treasury management things will be coming with balancer some projects are looking into that as well i i love furo combo that is i i am a big fan of furo combo uh, for people who don't know furo combo allows you to like build legos to interact with different protocols and work with them in just one click so basically you can deposit collateral on ave take a loan do arbitrage uh, take the profit swap it on a dex and then put back the collateral on ave with one click so that is i think a very cool thing and they have i think 4x more users on polygon than on ethereum ave has i think i think 5x 6x more users on polygon then on ethereum uh, balancer has 7x the more utilization rate on polygon than on ethereum like that is that is pretty big like 7x the utilization means utilization rate means uh, volume upon liquidity the utility that is happening on the pool so these are some metrics that i think is are very 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 important uh, for any defi ecosystem and for people building in that defi ecosystem Yeah, when you think about the future, do you think it's more important that uh people 
really like immerse themselves in the ecosystem and learn more about how everything works? Or do you think it's more important that the builders build out a product that is, you know, like, like what you just said, like one click and you can do all of these things and really like makes it easy for the user. So the user doesn't have to understand all of these things. No, I think uh, like if you want to understand DeFi, just jump right in. Like I think I started like that. Uh, there is this culture in our team that uh, anyone joining the DeFi team, we give them like, you know, $100 and then ask them to start playing around in on Polygon because everything is there. Uh, and then they actually understand, okay, how, what DeFi is, what are the tools, what is the difference between Aave and Compound, what is the difference between Sushi and Curve, what is the difference between Quick and Sushi and these sort of things, right? A balancer, I would definitely say to take $100, $50, whatever, on Polygon, buy via credit card, come in via exchanges. We have all big exchanges integrated, uh, Binance, Coinbase now. Coinbase? Yeah, I think Coinbase is live. Please don't quote me on that. Please don't quote me on Coinbase. I don't remember, but Binance is live. OKEx, OKCoin, all of them are live. Um, so just move Matic or USDC on chain. Uh, try it out uh, $50 uh, worth of uh, whatever uh, you can uh, play around with these things and then you truly understand how how DeFi works and uh, then you will appreciate even more what Furo Combo is doing. So yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And in the future, do you see the user experience of switching between Ethereum and Polygon to be uh easier like is that something that polygon is working on so right now you have to sort of like manually switch between you know ethereum or polygon if you're interacting with both for different things in the future does polygon have plans to like make that process any easier or is that is that even a possibility uh it's not really in our hand to be honest like it's because our validators are on ethereum and you need to have two by three consensus of those validators to move any address to move any transaction through right so it depends on a bunch of things it depends on ethereum congestion at that time it depends on pretty much ethereum congestion at that time we can't really do much uh there because we have to have the validator staked as well as well as but but uh, there are other solutions coming up like hop protocol there is hyphen bridge from biconomy team there is uh connect which is doing great stuff with state channel uh, bridge i think hop is pretty cool uh, they have this AMM model built on top uh, and we are actually incentivizing that. I think we are doing some LP mining with them. Uh, so if you move funds via them, I think you get something. Or if you put liquidity on top of Ethereum and Matic, Ethereum and Polygon of USDC, you get some Matic. So those things we are we are doing. So yeah, I think bridges, bridges will help a lot in these things. But uh, I think it's, it's difficult for uh, us to do. But yeah, some optimizations are happening uh, around that, yes. Yeah. And then speaking of these bridges and just like all these different blockchains, you know, thinking long term at some point, what do you think needs to happen? And like, how do you see the ecosystem developing, let's say, over the next next like five years? Where do you see us being? And (laughs) I know it's impossible to predict what's happening like next week. But um, if all goes, you know, in your ideal world, if all goes according to plan, however you think that should be, where should we be in five years with you know, bridges with like multi-chains all interacting together, you know, try to paint that picture for me as best as you can. Yeah, I think I can do for two years, five years. I, I don't know uh, what happens. Sure, in five yeah. years. <laughs> uh, I can do for two years. I, I definitely think with uh, with rollups and these Ethereum to Ethereum L2 solutions coming, I definitely think that, uh, of course, multi-chain is here. Um, and that is why, and 
the reason multi chain i'm saying is because we have found product market fit now uh, defi needs a level of security nfts need a different level of security gaming don't really need that level of security and there are so many users i think we are 6 million wallets which roughly means 3 million people on an average um, and you know wallets day by day increasing i i definitely think uh, but but having said that we are ethereum uh, i don't know not maximalist i mean we we definitely believe that ethereum is that one chain to you know be for 100 years because of the network effects because of uh, the people the community um, that is there uh, and we want to take this forward with this layer 2 multi layer 2 approach thing but i definitely think that for a for a user standpoint uh, so i i like the idea that how compound is doing uh, so compound has their own chain application specific chain but they deploy uh, they will deploy an implementation on polygon they have actually on polygon uh, testnet uh, they will have on ethereum they will have on uh, some other evm chain but then they will all be connected via uh, via different mechanisms uh, and the interest rates will be same on all the markets which is which is pretty cool which is not done yet like ave has different implementations but it's like a discrete market in itself so there's no communication in between but there but it is happening so i think uh, bridges uh, a better better engineering of bridges with uh, governance proposals passing th- in between them like how we have with ethereum and polygon bridge that we have so you can vote on l1 but the contract will be deployed on l2 trustlessly via governance so those things when that happens between chains then only true composability cross com- cross chain composability will happen otherwise um what i see is these application themselves becoming bridges becoming bridges like compound uh, is so you could deposit matic here on polygon and you could take eth on uh, ethereum or wbtc on ethereum uh, keeping your collateral ratio the same ave could do the same with uh, with they, they have uh, the l1 l2 governance ready between polygon and ethereum so just to give an example so so there is a there is a vote right now for adding avegochi ghst on the l2 market while voting on l1 market so they didn't they don't want to move the governance to l2 like the voting on chain voting to l2 but the implementation will happen on l2 while the voting happens on l1 while their st ave right staked ave is on l1 so that is only possible because the our bridge the polygon bridge communicates allows people to communicate only messages just messages also not just tokens so you could send any arbitrary message trustlessly between these things so i think i don't think any other bridge i think any swap has that uh, any swap v3 has that if i'm not v3 or v4 has that but other than that i don't think uh, there are uh, building bridges are difficult like you saw with poly network hack and day by day every uh, every bridge is you know getting compromised and stuff uh, but yeah, i think two two years uh, with defi becoming bigger and bigger these apps themselves could become bridges i think i think that could be a very very big possibility Yeah, that actually segues us well into I've I've got a bunch of questions from Twitter and a lot of these we answered already but people uh were really excited to have you come on and they had lots of questions. So this one is from Reforest. They said is any DAO currently using Polygon? What will be the pros and cons compared to the ones using Ethereum? 
Oh, so when DAO, uh, we are actually building a DAO. Uh, Polygon ecosystem DAO is happening. You can read about it at forum.polygon.technology. Uh, we are building a DAO. I, I'll come to the DAO thing, but but yeah, we are building a DAO ourselves. Uh, not ourselves, basically, uh, but to we want to decentralize certain decision making that we have been doing internally. We'll start small with uh, with DeFi. So if anyone who's interested in DeFi want to contribute to the space, want to contribute to the growth, BD development marketing all these sort of things please go to the website forum.polygon.technology we are working very closely with uh, with dow house to set it up uh, to set those things up um, and now coming back to the point where what DAOs are using i think uh, uh, Dao, uh, which is the uh, which is a polygon native project is um, has has very cool stuff on Polygon. Uh, Avigochi DAO, like I said, Avigochi is is on Polygon. But uh, but yeah, I think now we have the tooling with Aragon, with DAO House, with uh, with uh, tooling like uh, Tally, uh, with tooling like uh, Commonwealth. These sort of tools around these things. I think we have uh, we have Gnosis uh, for the multi sigs and all. Uh, I'm not too educated on that to be honest. I'm not the best person to answer. But I think. Uh, certain uh, DAOs are being set up uh, on Polygon as well. Got it. Got it. Okay. And then here's another question. This one is specific to our product, um, but I think this can apply to like NFTs in general. So this person uh, said, if we port our domain to Polygon, could we still modify anything in it? For example, assigning wallets, updating website, Chainlink verifying domains. I think that question could probably apply to just NFTs in general. Yeah, NFTs, you can, I don't think you can change them um, when you bring it to Polygon. Um, I don't think so, but I was actually discussing this. I couldn't get an answer, but I'll I'll reply back on that tweet. I, I, I saw this uh, comment there. Uh, I didn't get an answer exactly, but I mean, you can move NFTs. You can move NFTs from uh, Polygon, from Ethereum to Polygon via the same bridge. It's absolutely possible. I mean, domains essentially are NFTs only. So ideally you could, but I'm not sure if you could change things uh, when on Polygon and how that would affect on Ethereum. I, I'm not too sure about that, but I'll I'll put an answer on that on the, on the tweet. Yeah, I, I remember that. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting question as well. Very cool. Do you have any any final thoughts you want to share? Anything we didn't cover about Polygon that you think is important for people to know before we wrap up here? If you are new to DeFi, I would say, or uh, just NFTs, right? So, I mean, OpenSea, I think 80% of the volume came from Polygon or a, a major chunk of volume came from Polygon, uh, if I'm not wrong. It came from Polygon in the past. Uh, volume or users, I'm not. I don't remember exactly. Uh, came from Polygon, uh, and the reason is of course low gas. And uh, I, I know people in college, like I, I know people, students in college who are using OpenSea on Polygon itself, not anywhere else. And people are dropping uh, university NFTs on Polygon. But yeah, I think DeFi. If you are new in DeFi, I would definitely suggest to even like twenty, thirty, fifty dollars buy some and try out um, try out things if you are building something would love to we have a big uh, grants program we have created this polygon incubation thing that uh, like a value added pack we haven't figured out a word yet but it's like a value added pack where you know certain projects um, which are community approved and uh, get a lot of attention we help them with uh, with 
you know giving out a good word with audit firms with with uh, cloud credits with uh, marketing support and these sort of things so if you are if you are a builder in the space would love to catch up um, you can reach me on uh, on twitter at uh, khamzadh22 uh that's my handle uh, of course on the forum.polygon.technology amazing thank you so much hamza for taking the time to come on i know i learned a ton from just this short conversation i hope the listeners did as well thank you everybody for tuning in and we'll be back again soon with another episode of the unstoppable podcast thank you dana thanks for thanks everyone we hope you enjoyed this episode of the unstoppable podcast If something we said today resonated with you, please rate, subscribe, and download our podcast and share this episode on social media with your network. And remember, the fun doesn't have to stop when the episode ends. You can continue this conversation with us on Twitter by tweeting your questions, thoughts, and ideas to Unstoppable Web. We look forward to chatting with you and thanks again for listening.